Welcome to the Body Mind Spirit Show with me, your host, Coach Rita Hurry. You made it. Checked out of office to check into the sweet views of this place where the kids aren't asking for the Wi-Fi. Mom, can we go to the pool? And when you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Welcome to the Body Mind Spirit Show with me, your host, Coach Rita Hurry. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Body Mind Spirit Show. So today I'm excited because I have a great guest. His name is Adrian Woods and he is a personal trainer, a sports massage therapist and a cardiac rehabilitation exercise professional. Adrian, welcome to the show. Thank you. Okay, so can you tell me a little bit about your journey and how you began in this field and also why you wanted to pursue a career in this field? Okay, yeah, well, first of all, I'll go back to my dad. He was my um, original role model and probably is Mum and dad probably are, you know, the first role models for all children. Um, my dad was good at everything. When he went in the army, he was the army champion at a lot of a lot of sports, gymnastics, played rugby for the army, etc. Um, and he got me into all sorts of activities from a young age. Um, so after school, I was always whisked off to do judo, or he taught me to swim. Um, always doing something, and he always doing gymnastics in the house or in the garden. And in the other day, my I had a fantastic PE teacher was another massive influence on me. And again, everything was involved around sport. You know, we were always out on the on the outside on the green, sort of playing rugby or football or cricket, never indoors. Um, then you had the influence as I got a bit older, like some of the films that came out. Still, some of my favourite films now, Rocky and Enter the Dragon, and you know, just inspired me really, and just always want always want to better myself. So it was always going to be a a sporting career for me really I dabbled in social work for a few few years and then but I was I couldn't go follow that field because you needed to get a, a, a qualification was wasn't available at the time for me um because you had to pay for it then and um so basically I went went to university and did um, a degree in human movement studies um and that, that's really what get, got me going and so it sounds like there was a lot of um inspiration for you I mean when you were actually starting the training to um, pursue it as a career, were there any moments where you felt, oh, I don't know, even though you were inspired, that can I actually see this through? Or what? Or did you feel, no, I really, really wanted? Because sometimes we, we get inspired, but then we feel, okay, it's too hard to do this. Maybe it, it was just, it's just something I enjoy as a hobby instead of a career. Were there any of those low moments or did, were you just always, yes, I'm going to get through one and then the other and then build the career? It was always a plan. Um, so they sort of intermingled sort of my job and you know, my, my stuff I did outside of work as well. But no, I, I had a plan. And um, when I left university, I decided that I wanted to start at the bottom and work my way up. So I got, got a sort of the lowest job I could pick in literature in, in the parks in Newport and um, eventually into the, the new Newport Centre that was built 
and just stood at the top of slides and people were doing slides, etc. And I just did all the menial tasks and I wanted to progress that way, which I did. Um, I went up through the ranks then and became a trainee manager. And I think part of the reason I had that job, I was up against 15 people interviewed and I was in university with all of them. Um, but I think I was picked out because I I'd had a year or two's experience doing those jobs. But yeah, it was always a plan. I remember talking to one member of staff and I said, you know, I was going, I was going to be the manager. I was going to do this and I was going to do that. And they were saying, well, and you're going to stop being a manager. And I said, well, why, why should I? And they were surprised that I was just going ahead all the time, you know. So it was always a plan. Um, I had 30 years in local government in, in charge of certain aspects of, eventually it was the health side of things. Um, you know, that sort of came into being in the last few years in the fitness side, um, sports development and managed teams in Wales, etc. But yeah, it was always a plan and I, I always stuck to it. That's brilliant. And I think that's very inspirational for many, because often we do get pulled um, in different directions. But I love that that inspiration and that commitment to what you really wanted to do. And I think that was the driving force, definitely, for yeah. you. So you're also a cardiac rehab um, professional. What do you notice um, has been the hindrance in individuals' rehab success? Would you say it's like mindset or would, or just that, you know, in terms of that giving up? I mean, what, what kind of hindrances have you noticed? Well, people on a personal level, I think the main hindrance can, can be themselves. Um, you, you know, we get the occasional individual they just don't accept, they won't accept that they've had a heart attack or a heart problem or, or stroke, etc. And, and they sort of give up or don't believe that they can get better. Um, and then you get a couple of people, not many percentage-wise, but some people, again, won't accept they've had a heart attack and just want to smash everything. Um, majority of people lose confidence, and that's our job then to, over an eight-week period or, or longer, they're with us and um, we do assessments at the start as soon as we can as soon as we can see them to see um where they are and confidence is a major part of it um so we boost their confidence I and mean, we I see a huge in most people's majority of people really sort of come on within that time and we tell them what they can do and what they can't do because they just don't know what to do the family wrap up in cotton wool the partner or the or the the family members just won't, won't let them do anything really. Um, we did have a massive problem, obviously, with with COVID, where we couldn't get to see people, and that set a lot of people back. We couldn't do face to face assessments or exercise with people for for a long time. We're back to that now, and we're catching up. Unfortunately, there is a backlog. You know, we were a massive number of people that had heart attacks for different reasons. Probably didn't go to the GP. Um, you know, with symptoms, and I hear the you know, I hear the problems and the same things over and over again from people. Um, people don't think it's happening to them. Um, I don't rec recognise the symptoms really. Um, but yeah, a lot of people don't understand how exercise affects them and how to exercise the heart. So we get people that are, say, "Why have I had a heart attack? I've been out walking two hours every day for thirty years, but they haven't been exercising the heart. They haven't been walking hard enough." So we teach them. Um, how to exert themselves, how much to exert themselves, etc. Um, yeah, so it, it's, it's a great job to be in because we have a massive influence on people people's lives. But there are, like I say, there are hindrances, but there's no reason why people can't get back to, to normal, and I've seen, seen that. I'm friends now, actually, with the, the first guy that ever was in cardiac rehab, 
Dean Howard Hospitals. I just come across him because he was involved with my job in organizing sporting events. And he, he's had three heart attacks in 1988 and he's doing fine, you know, it's, it's great. Yeah, yeah. One of the things you said there was about um, that some people they'll exercise, but they don't exercise the heart hard enough. Can you yeah. elaborate on that? Because, you know, it's like some people, I mean, I know like I exercise um, five to six times a week, but there could be like, say, cardio, for example, is not my favorite. I, I do it, but it's like if I could avoid it, I know I would. But, mm. um, but, like I think that's something that's quite important for us to realize in terms of that we we often overlook it and we don't realize that we can push ourselves and the benefits of that so can you elaborate a little bit more on what exercises could actually help us with with our yeah. heart unit well if I talk with my cardiac rehabilitation hat on then cardio is is the thing to do I mean it's, it's been proven all the research shows that you know, doing cardiac or using about aerobic exercise, you know, we, this is mainly what we do. We, we gradually then, after two or three weeks, introduce resistance work or strength work. Um, but it, it, it shows that the results come first and foremost by doing cardio, cardio work. Um, if I switch that around as a PT, I'm sort of going away from cardio to get people really, really fit quickly because people haven't got so much time these yeah. days. Um, and, and again, research shows that when you, your body is fit enough to actually be able to do a, a hit really, high intensity interval training, that could mean a different thing from one person to another. It depends on your own intensity, but you get rapid results. And um, the programs I'm doing for the people now are all 10, 15 minutes and take total of 20 minutes to do two or three times a week, or I would say three to four times a week, you get the most benefits, but certainly two or three times a week, you get fantastic benefits. So we get more benefit than being on a treadmill for 45 minutes or an hour. If you go into any gym, anywhere in the world, you'll see most people, and a lot of older people as well, as, as young people, slogging out on treadmills or on cardio machines. Mm. And they you know they could get much better training effect from doing resistance work mm. with lower low amounts of cardio you know so uh, yeah i could go so there's a lot of information i could go into but basically you do cardio when you're fit enough you do cardio very fast and get the body into an oxygen debt and the heart really high and then you use resistance training which can be just body weight or introduced weights if you if you want to um, and the results are much better. So it's it's two distinct things, really, as a PT and as a, as a, as a cardiac exercise specialist, and how we train people. Yeah, no, that sounds great. So, because I know sometimes people will say, you, you know, you'd get some people saying resistance training is, is better because obviously you burn more calories longer. Mm -hmm obviously like 24 hours later you're still burning calories i believe i'm not sure you can yeah. correct me if i'm wrong um but then obviously as you said there's a lot of people you know especially women who are in the gym who are on treadmills and sometimes they're on treadmills for a good half hour or so you know just just on those machines and then they'll go and isn't it good to vary it up a bit or should you know i mean yeah i mean 
I think what you, what you just said, I don't think it is obvious to everybody, um, that, you know, the, which way to train. I think a lot of people haven't got a clue. Um, you, you reminded me then of, um, without naming names, but somebody in a very, very high position and a really, really clever person. Oh, he's not listening. So it's a while ago. Um, used to used to roll up on a Sunday morning and spend an hour on an exercise bike reading the Financial Times. Okay. Um, I've seen people reading books and stuff, and it's just you know. I see. I remember a lady going on an exercise bike every Saturday evening. Fantastic. Rocking to the gym at nine o'clock at night for the last hour. Frustrating for some of us because we wanted to go home, but that person would be on a bike, hardly moving at all, just reading a book. You know, and um, it's not a way to train. Um, yeah. So going back to what you said, um, yeah, the, the, the best benefits are sort of doing more resistance work intermingled with some cardio and high intensity interval training has been, it's been proven time and time again now. Um, and there's more research coming out all the time that the, the benefits are massive. And it's been, again, scientifically tested and proven that you gain, whether you call it burning fat or um, calories being re reduced over a period of time. Basically, if you use resistance training and work in that sort of zone, then the benefits last for 12 to 48 hours in some people. You know, cer certainly, a, certainly a minimum of 12 hours up to a maximum of 48. Hence, that's why you can get away with doing three sessions a week for 15 minutes. Um, rather than doing hours and hours every day on a, on a treadmill or a or a car, you know, um, um, a spinning bike, etc. It's so intensity is the key, really. That's the key word, intensity. Okay, interesting. So you work obviously um, with uh, clients who have obesity, and I know that obesity is a major problem not only in this country but in um, the US and many countries. Yeah. Can you um, just share with us sort of how you you tackle that area? Because obviously, you know, I mean, from just observing it, it's obviously someone who has has lived this lifestyle for so long and has reached this point where obviously it's it's unhealthy and they need to obviously change. But again, ch change is a difficult thing. How do you? manage and, and tackle that situation and, and get through get the breakthrough for the clients and with the clients well first of all you've got to look at the whole picture and um, there may be underlying reasons why the person is obese and it may, it may be you know something that's happened in it from a young age any time of life it, obviously it can, it can happen it happened to me a few years ago I put over five stone on when I, I was ill for a couple of years um so I've had a, physically in the last few years get myself through that and lose that lose that weight and transform my, my body again. Um, so nutrition is is a key word. Uh, figures are binded about, and it's, I would say it's not far off to say that to have a really good physique and be healthy is eighty percent nutrition and twenty percent exercise and movement, um, which is which is huge. So you you need to look at the person. Um, the, the mental side of it is huge as well, and make a plan really. Um, and set out timescales, goals, um, not just wishy-washy goals that they want to lose weight or, you know, something a bit more sustainable and have small steps, small goals, and it just introduce sort of the goals one step at a time. So the, the first week it could be we look at a nutritional plan and maybe change, try to change some eating habits, um, introducing more water because hardly anybody drinks enough water. 
um, that's, that's needed, and that, that can help get rid of fats as well. Um, so when it doesn't work with a DLA, you have to look at the, the whole, well, the mental side of it, the nutritional side of it, and the exercise side of it, and make a plan. Um, but yeah, once people, you know, see that it's one extreme things to change the body in, in three or four days try to avoid that because it isn't for everyone yeah yeah no that's that's you know you can find that people are they've got addictions to sugars and addictions to coffees etc um you know so it's not all the old picture if your litter box could talk what would it say to you good morning lovely day isn't it or perhaps What's up with all the clay dust and chemicals you're laying on me and the cat? If that's the case, consider World's Best Cat Litter. It's virtually dust-free, quick clumping, and lasts twice as long as clay litter. And because it's made from corn, it's chemical-free and a naturally safe choice. World's Best Cat Litter, the number one selling natural litter brand for a reason. Great. No, that, that was great. Thank you, Adrian. So, um... Obviously, and just to let listeners know, there may be uh, some technical issue regarding um, our conversation just there, because obviously there was some some slight um, pauses there because of the internet connection. So I do apologize. So can I just ask you, Adrian, just um, quickly, just to um, outline what you just said at the end in terms of so obviously making a plan. And was there anything else that you added to that, just in case our listeners didn't hear that? Yeah, I mean, people see once you stick to a plan, it's, it's working, then the motiva- motivation is fluid. It changes every day. You've got a nice sunny day, you wake up and feel motivated, then you have a great morning, anything can happen and you, you're not motivated. So you need a plan, you need a, a routine, and you need to stick to it. Um, and when people start to see the results, that really sort of spurs them on. And it's something quite often they haven't been able to do and they need help with. And it is just simple things like introducing drinking more water, you know, drinking less coffee, stuff like that, and just doing basic exercise routines. That's great. So we've mentioned quite a few things here. And one of the major things that's come out, especially for me and what I'm picking up, a lot of it, a lot of our, um, to maintain our health and fitness goals is mindset. Mm -hmm. Can you um, just share with our listeners why mindset is so important and how we can use our mind to get the best results from our fitness from our fitness goals one doesn't go without the other the same as nutrition you, you, the mindset has to be right um get into the right frame of mind um if if, if, you, if you're not right in, if your mind isn't working properly and you've got anxieties or depressions, et cetera, you know, you're not going to function so well with the body. Um, so hence, like lately, I've been doing meditation. I've got a really good friend and a colleague in the fitness industry as well. You know, you know they, 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 med- they, they say it's bookends. You know, you start the day with meditation, you finish the day with meditation. And I, it's difficult for me to, to keep that habit going. But when I do it, it's like exercising day it's, you know it's, it's, it really sort of sets you up um you know i know obviously you a lot of people that do meditation knows the basics etc and it's just so easy to do you don't, you don't have to be an expert of it you just just need to you know just just do it really um and if you haven't got the right mindset you're not going to stick to a plan um you're not going to get improvements so it 
it's you know it helps you prepare everything. Um, you know, you make the plan, you do your preparations, um, and it gives you the the mental toughness really to to progress. I meet so many people that are so top of their professions, absolutely, you know, really up there. Sort of chief executive officers, um, you know, really, really top top people. They manage everything, but they cannot manage their health and fitness, your nutrition. You know, and I, I work with a lot of people like that, you know, top business people, you know, they can earn hundreds of thousands of pounds every month, and yet, and yet they're unhappy because they, they're not, not healthy and not well, really. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's it, because sometimes we see success by what we see, but we don't realise underneath the battle that people are having with certain different areas of their yeah. life. We think it's just okay well they're in their top jobs they're they're earning so much everything's you know hunky-dory as they say well, somebody, somebody pointed out to me the other day that a lot of people um especially with social media they're on instagram or facebook uh, you know and a lot of people know this that they personify you know being really happy and perfect living in a perfect world and then you know, you could if you talk to some of these people, then it, it's quite quite opposite. You know, I think everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people are struggling. You know, in all walks of life, um, and it's just there's a show. Really. There's there's a front on a lot of people, um, and a lot of it is because they're not looking after themselves as number one. You know, they they they're sort of living their lives a hundred miles an hour, and they're not living in the day. They're not living in the future. They're not living at all. Really, they just rush into a grave without living at all. Yeah, yeah, they're just being pulled by life, really, and yeah, 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 yeah. I love the fact, you know, that you brought in meditation in there because obviously, I'm a you know super duper fan of meditation and everything. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I, I even act like exercise can be a form of active meditation, can't it? Because you're yeah. you become focused on what you're doing that you get everything else. Yeah, exactly. Because um, I went for a, a walk with a, with a friend the other day, and um, went to a place that my happy place, one of my happy places on one of my runs, which I don't know how many people know for it. It's, it's well hidden. There's a, there's a bridge there, and it's just in a, a serene place. It's a magical place. And um, even when I was training for Wales, you know, as an international runner, um, I'd stop at that point midway through my run and just listen to everything, you know, nature and the stream, etc. And just sit there for five or ten minutes thinking, and then I crack on with my run. And I've always been like that. So really, all my life I've been doing a form of meditation. You know, my in my dinner hours, I I drive sort of ten miles to run to a spot, run to the top of that hill, and I'd sit out looking at the view for five or ten minutes, and then run back, you know, straight back to work. And within that hour, I'd done, done all that, and it just set me up for the afternoon, where a lot of people were in work, stressed to the eyeballs till their lunchtime, working through their lunchtime on having no time at all and just back to it. You know, you've got to make time for yourself and look after number one, really. Definitely. I always say you're the foundation of you, so look after yourself, for sure. Yeah. So tell us a, a little bit about your running career and, you know, how you got involved in this and, and where you're at with it at the moment. Okay. Well, I, I always did a bit of running for my rugby training because... Um, the, my earliest memory of my dad was that um, he gave me this funny shaped ball and passed it to me, it was a rugby ball and he said right what you've got to do, you've got to play rugby set, nothing else matters so basically 
it was all rugby till you know I did other sports and I was good at other sports. I was a school cross country captain, so I without it was just with my rugby training. And then one day, I think it was around about the age of 25, 26, my uncle said, You think you're fit? He said, You should do this run with me on the weekend. And I said, Well, I'm I'm playing rugby on um, Friday night against Bath. And um, he said, Well, come and do this run with me on a Saturday, it was a race it was. So I did it and came 86 in this race, and it was one of the hardest things I ever did. It was a mountain race of 16 miles, so it was a bit of a, you know, it was just as hard as a rugby game. Um, so basically, I took up running from there, and I was in the middle of the running boom of the 1980s. Um, it had come over from America, you know, started off in California, and everybody was running. Every weekend, there was a half marathon or a 10-mile race, etc. So every weekend, we did something. So that's, that's basically how I got into running. The motivation was I lost a few stone. Um, you know, my physique changed within a year from from giving up rugby, and I got I got good at good at running. You know, I eventually became an international runner. My times came down, and I, I ran for competition. But now I'm running more, you know, for for enjoyment really, and, and the spiritual side of it, and being out in in the mountains, you know. And um, I do set myself challenges. But again, it's more the mindset and the spiritual journey now of, of, my, of my running and being in, in the best places. So I'm always at a mountain somewhere. You want to find yeah. me. Even oh. in the coldest of weathers. I know like when yeah. I see Facebook pages, like, oh, how could it be out there in that cold? But, you know, it's good on you because it's brilliant what you do. We've got, we got warm clothes now. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. the past 15 years, everything's moved on. We've got fantastic clothes. <laughs> get anywhere. Great. So... What uh, free tips can you share with our listeners um, regarding fitness, health, nutrition that you think um, could get them either started or could just get them get out of that demotivation phase? Um, well, first of all, I try and find an activity, a sport or, or a physical activity. It could be anything that, that, rock, you know, that um, rocks your boat, really. Say, saying that rocks your boat. I, um, Sharon and I, my wife, we started paddleboarding as a, an activity, which I think millions of people have started doing as well, you know, since lockdown. Everywhere, everywhere you're going to any piece of water, now somebody's doing paddleboarding, and it's got people out in the environment. And I think the lockdown is, is one thing that's got people outdoors, isn't it? You know, um, certainly the, the beauty spots where I live, you know, you never used to see hardly anyone, and now they just ran with people. So I, I usually go in the opposite direction a minute away, and there's nobody. But yeah, if I, Find an activity that you like doing, you know, that involves obviously involves movement, physical activity, because basically it's movement that keeps us keeps us alive and, and positive, it keeps us alive longer. Um, so something you can do, it doesn't necessarily got to be the gym. And you, and you are your own gym anyway. You only need a you know a bit of carpet in front of you, and you can use body weight and you can train yourself to death, like you know, in your own your own body size, you know. So um just need to know what you just need a good PT for that, right? Um, and then secondly, um, I would say uh, you've got to get yourself into a, a, a regime, a routine. It's got to be a routine. It's no good, you know, just like I say, relying on motivation. If you set yourself a target and a routine to do or go with a friend somewhere every week and you, you know, come high, hell or high water, you're going to go there, you will get the benefits and you, and you will, you know, hopefully you, you will enjoy it. Um, the last one would be small steps and look at your nutrition and your and your and your water intake you know so you make sure you're having 
at least two liters of water a day. And if you're not having two liters of water a day, build up to that. And you can get these bottles now. They sell them everywhere, don't they? Where you can get a two liter bottle or a three liter bottle. And eventually, you know, you, you get up to even three liters a day because that's how much we need, really. It's, again, it's easy that, you know, I, I got machines now. I can, t- you know, I annoy a lot of people because I test them straight away and I say, you haven't drunk any water today, you haven't drunk any water yesterday. And they say, well, how do you know that? And I can tell, I say, I can tell them how much water they've drank, you know. And I said, I can show them graphs and say, this is where you need to do. So that, that's it, really. Those sort of three, three simple things. Um, I, pl- I don't know if this is the fourth one, but you've got a plan. You've got to make a plan and stick to it. Yeah. yeah. You know, to get, you get the routine and you will get results. Yeah. I think also, um, like you mentioned, I mean, I think like definitely water has been one of the major pluses and sometimes the most difficult for people because a lot yeah. of us, you know, we think, oh, if I'm going for something diet, then that's okay. And it's like, no, water is yeah. is the better thing. And um also just one extra tip could you give to people because I know for me personally getting up in the morning um, used to be quite difficult to work out but then I've got myself into a routine that I actually focus on the end result that I want yeah the energy and it's like that's what gets me out of bed to do my workout yeah are there any um, other tips that you can give people who who are struggling and that's their only time to work out because obviously they lead a busy lifestyle, but they'll just rather, you know, turn around and put the alarm, switch the alarm off and, and go to sleep. Any tips that you. Yeah. Like? Get, just get it and get it done. <laughs> and go to bed earlier. Yeah. Simple as that. Um, I, I'm sort of known this area with the people that I train for, for getting up and getting things done. And um, we, anything we post, we say that, you know, get it done um but basically yeah it's a planning again my routine now is that if i'm in bed later than nine o'clock i'm annoyed with myself um you know it isn't always possible to get to bed at that time because it's, you know there's a washing up to do and all sorts of you know but basically yeah my routine is now um, my, my body clock is that i'm very rarely not awake at up at four in the morning. Some mornings now, especially this time of year, you don't really want to be getting up, get, getting up with dark mornings, etc. But once you're up, I mean, within five minutes of being up, you, you know, I'm just like a two-year-old because I, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get in the gym training myself. I'm going to be preparing my food for the day. I mean, I've got a busy lifestyle. I and mean, when I go, when I um, I work three days a week for the NHS, so I'm up preparing my food for the day. And usually training myself by five with my food done. And then um, my first client is usually six o'clock and then, oh, I'm going for a run. Um, then I've got like five minutes to shower. Everything's prepared the night before. So it's just all in the car. And then I'm, I'm usually in work by about seven to eight. Um, full day, I'm back home and I have a couple of clients and train again. I'm going to train and I go for a good walk, a nice walk with a weighted rucksack mine in my dinner hour as well, um, 30 minutes. But just get it, get it then, and you will get into a good habit and a good routine, and you will feel the benefits definitely. I love that, and that I think is a great tip to end the um, interview and the show on. Adrian, you've been amazing. I have still, you know, I've probably got lots more questions to ask you, so maybe we might have to do a part two. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Thank you, and. 
everyone please follow adrian just before we go adrian i forgot to ask you where can people find you um either on social media or website please feel free to promo yourself now and share your details well i'm not the most technical person in the world but i, I am on um, facebook I, I think it's adrian stroke sharon woods um we could check this out later and i'm on instagram as Ed woods um yeah however that works if you want to follow me you you can, um, and I, um, or if you, anybody wants to e email me, you know, if anybody's got any questions or would like to contact me by email, it's woodsadrian, all lowercase, at btinternet.com. Excellent. So make sure you do, because he has shared some great tips and just, yeah, he's, Adrian, you're a great person, very inspirational. So thank you. Everyone, that's the end of the show. So take care. Stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll see you real soon. Take care. Bye. I hope you enjoyed the show. Stay tuned for more tips, motivation, and of course, inspiration coming up real soon. If you want to email me and send me messages of what you thought of the show or anything you'd love me to cover on the show, please email me at coachrita at swastialiving.com. Swastialiving is S-W-A-S-T-H-Y-A-L-I-V-I-N-G.com. See you real soon. Bye. Sign up with BetMGM Sports using code CHAMPION200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 Moneyline wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. I hope you enjoyed the show. Stay tuned for more tips, motivation, and of course, inspiration coming up real soon. If you want to email me and send me messages of what you thought of the show or anything you'd love me to cover on the show, please email me at coachrita at swastialiving.com. Swastia Living is S-W-A-S-T-H-Y-A-L-I-V-I-N-G dot com. See you real soon. Bye.